Hello everybody. No, I was kidding. Hello everybody. And welcome to the next episode of Zdenek English Podcast. And in this episode, I want to conclude the two previous episodes uh, called Funny Idioms. In this episode, I want to take a look at all idioms, all funny idioms that have been sent to me uh, via the Facebook group Zdenek English Podcast by you, the listeners of this podcast. The, there were five of you who decided to contribute. Some of you wanted to uh, give me more funny idioms, but I just decided to choose one of them. I will always tell you from whom they were sent, what the idioms mean, and try to give you some examples. Okay? I don't want this to take too long, because the second part of this uh, episode will be uh, uh, much longer. It will be a story that I have written for you. Now, I have to make a point first before I get to it. Um, actually, it's about giving structure of each episode. You know, at the beginning of something, whatever it is, a lecture, a presentation, a podcast episode or a TV show, uh, usually a person who is in charge of it gives a structure of what will follow. I try to do this too, of course, because this should be part of my teaching job. I should state the aim at the beginning. I should tell my listeners what they, uh, I mean, they, not my listeners, my students, who are also my listeners, of course, in the classroom, but uh, here I meant students. I must tell them what they can expect to learn in the in the lesson. This is what should be done. And, of course, I try to do this in every single episode of the Next English Podcast, but sometimes it kind of gets out of control, and uh, I don't really stick to what I intend to do, what I plan to do. So, giving instructions, especially in the last episode, turned out to be totally useless. Namely, in the previous episode, I told you that I would finish uh, the, the second part of Funny Idioms. You know, this is what I managed to finish in the end. But then I told you that you would also uh, hear the story, as well as the idioms from the listeners. And uh, I wasn't really able to do this, because the podcast was already long enough for me to publish it. I don't want to do uh, episodes longer than one hour. That's kind of a limit which I don't want to breach, you know. I hope it doesn't apply to all my lessons, actually, uh, that all of them get out of control and it's just pure improvisation. Although, I have to admit that sometimes it does happen. I guess it's the nature of my personality or something like that. I don't know, but it just happens that there is a lesson on past perfect, so maybe I have some activities to engage my students in this lesson. I explain some theory, but sometimes it just um, takes a different route, and we end up talking about England, animals, or my favorite football team, you know? But I just hope this doesn't happen all the time, because then it would be a bit chaotic and uh, not, not right. Okay, I'm not totally against improvisation. Uh, I think this is an important skill to have as a teacher or ability to have as a teacher. But it should all be balanced, you know. There should be some equilibrium. Okay, but this is what you can expect. First part will be the idioms sent by the listeners. And the second part will be a story in which I want to practice all those nine funny idioms. It will be an autobiographical story. The story that really happened to me. But uh, maybe it will be slightly different than you might expect. Okay? So, I hope I manage to squeeze in everything that I really want. And it won't take any diversion. At least that's the plan for this episode. Alright? Alright. Let's get to it. Right, so the first idiom is It's rainy cats and dogs. You know, it was sent to me by Lutzka. I didn't really want to go into this anymore because I have already done this so many times on this podcast. Uh, but it's so popular among students all over the world uh, and teachers alike, actually, that uh, it became really funny. To, it's, it's really funny to imagine that the dogs and cats are raining. However... Luke from Luke's English Podcast says that it's not used, actually, in the UK, among the British. So, I am a bit confused, because uh, I, I hear it from people all around the world, but uh, not from the British, apparently. 
Maybe it's just because it's outdated or old-fashioned or I think uh, it's rather because it became a bit of a cliché, you know. So, this idiom was suggested to me by Lutska. She thinks it's the funniest idiom and I can't disagree with this. By the way, Lutska is my ex-classmate from the university and she is from the Czech Republic. She's Czech. The second idiom was sent to me also by uh, a person from the Czech Republic. His name is Roman and I think he's studying translating and interpreting, if I'm not mistaken. He's at a university right now and uh, he is an idiom expert actually. And he sent me a funny idiom to talk the hind legs of a donkey. Now, I find this idiom actually quite funny. The meaning is clear. If somebody talks the hind legs of a donkey, uh, this person really talks a lot. He's very talkative. He could talk for ages. Very interesting one. Talking of donkeys, there are two famous donkeys, of course. Uh, a donkey from Animal, from animal Farm, uh, who is rather a flat character. He's tireless, boring and always does his job, the toil. He never questions it. He just does what he is asked to do. So he is a bit boring and hardworking character. And the second donkey is a bit different. It's an annoying donkey from Shrek, who is uh, uh, really someone who could talk the hind legs of a donkey. So in this case, it's quite eloquent and appropriate. I think the donkey from Shrek is just, from the, uh, the film Shrek, is just an archetype of a donkey, you know. He can talk the hind legs of a donkey. By the way, hind legs are the legs that the donkey has at the back, you know. You know, donkeys have two pairs of legs. They are like horses. The front, uh, the front legs and the hind legs. The hind legs are at the back, close to the tail, you know. Hope you understand it. The next idiom is uh, from Ali. Now, I don't know where this guy is from. It's a, it's a man. Uh, I can clearly see his photo here, but he didn't tell me where he is from. But he seems to be from an Arabic country, because I can recognize the script in his cover photo. It seems to be Arabic. And his idiom is, there is something fishy. Now, when something is fishy, it means it's a bit suspicious or dodgy, something you should not really believe or trust because it, I think it's because uh, fish generally stink uh, and uh, if something stinks it means it's not what it should be, yeah? I don't really know why fish is something that we shouldn't really believe, you know, because uh, because they can't really they can't really talk, uh, they are quiet animals um, and quite safe, I think uh, most of them are anyway. I mean, if you encounter a shark or maybe a shoal of piranhas, then you can't get into trouble and uh, then it could be kind of fishy, you know. But uh, yeah, basically this means that when something is suspicious, there is something fishy about what she said, you know. I don't really believe what she's saying. Okay, so this was Ali, who has actually just sent me a message that he is from Iran. So this is the last piece of the jigsaw. He is from Iran. Uh, he's also thanking me for mentioning him on the podcast and uh, asking me if I could possibly um, find some people who would want to practice the speaking skills with him. So if you want to uh, practice your speaking, uh, you can do so by contacting Ali from Iran who is uh, the podcast uh, member, who is the Zdenex English podcast Facebook group member. You can find him there and uh, apparently he's uh, eager to speak English. Another idiom comes from Martin. Now, you know Martin. Uh, he has already features on this podcast. Martin is uh, the guy, the administrator of yazikove.cz, the website uh, where uh, my podcast regularly gets published and he also uh, is sending us an idiom to let the cat out of the bag. Now this is a funny one of course to let the cat out of bag and it means to tell a secret someone to tell someone a secret often by accident. Uh, 
you know, how to best let the cat out of bag, basically you have two options. First of all, you put it there and leave your bag half open, okay, and then it gets out, obviously. Secondly, to tell someone a secret and remind them not to tell anyone, you know, for example, my friend. Oh, I'm going to tell you a secret. Um, you know, I fancy, I fancy uh, two girls at once, basically. Don't tell anyone. They are uh, Kate and uh, Jane, you know. Don't tell anyone. And, uh, uh, of course, my friend uh, is, a, is a good friend of mine, but it just sometimes happens, happens, we are just humans, that uh, we let the cat out of bag, you know, by accident. <coughs> Somebody is talking to him and he says, by the way, did you hear that uh, uh, Zdeniak fancies two girls at once? Oh, I didn't mean to say this. Okay, please don't tell anyone that I told you that uh, Zdeniak uh, told me this because I promised him not to tell anyone and uh, now I'm letting the cat out of bag. Please don't tell anyone. Okay, now, and this is how the information disseminates, actually. This is how it spreads. And then everybody knows it, of course. Okay, so that's what it means. I think this is quite a, quite a useful one. To let the cat out of the bag. Uh, I'm sorry, I might have uh, uh, said it several times without the definite article towards the end. So I apologize for that. There must be the definite article out of the bag. And the last idiom from my listeners comes from Luke from England, the English teacher or British. Should I say British or English? I don't know, Luke. What, uh, what's your preferable identity? Is it English or British? Well, obviously, I know you are both, but I just don't know what you like to refer yourself to as. Uh, anyway, uh, you, s- you are sending me the idiom to be hoist by one's own petard. To be hoist by one's own petard. I have to be frank to you. I didn't know this idiom until you sent it to me. And uh, first of all, I need to explain what a petard is. Basically, it's a small explosive item, uh, which when it explodes, uh, when it goes off, you you can go deaf, you know, which means that you can't really hear. You lose your hearing. Uh, So... It makes this loud cracking sound, which you don't want to be too close to. That's what a petard is, you know. During fireworks, uh, this is something you might encounter. And the phrase, to be hoist by, by one's own petard, uh, it basically means to become a victim of your own plot. You want to do something mischievous to somebody, you want to egg someone on or something, and uh, then... Uh, by accident or by doing it wrong, basically by misfortune, you end up being the victim of your own trick. You know? Do you understand? I don't know. For example, you you set a trap to your house, a mouse trap, because there is a mouse in your house and you need to catch it. You know? And uh, you put in some cheese, of course, at night, because uh, you are a regular sleepwalker. You, you, wo- you wake up at night and uh, you go to the bathroom or something and uh, suddenly, because there is not much light and uh, you are sleepwalking and suddenly your toe uh, starts hurting a lot and you hear a sound, a snap snapping sound because uh, this is where your mousetrap was and you wake up, of course, and uh, you catch yourself into the mousetrap. And the cheese is not there, because the mouse is so clever that it manages to eat the cheese without being caught, of course. So, this is what happens. You were hoist uh, by your own petard. I use a similar similar expression, which I'm not sure if functions as an idiom in English language, but I use it in in my own language. I say to score an own goal, you know. If you score an own goal, it can be in football, for example, you... um, kick the ball into uh, the net uh, of, of your own team, which is uh, something you shouldn't do, but because football is a game of a lot of interesting moments, it, it actually often happens that players score their own goals, and then the only thing they can do is hide 
hide their heads in their in, in their palms, you know. And uh, uh, his teammates they do the face palms because uh, this is ridiculous to be hoist by one's own petard. But this is what happens, especially if you are mischievous. Uh, then it can somehow come back to you uh, because it's destiny. If you want to insult destiny and luck and God, then you will be punished for it. Okay. And by the way, the the last idiom to be hoist of one own petard comes from Shakespeare. You know who Shakespeare was, right? The uh, arguably the biggest writer and playwright of all times. Uh, he wrote plays like Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet, Macbeth, King Lear, and so on and so forth. And uh, he apparently coined this phrase there. He is an author of many, many uh, phrases and words. Uh, I remember one more, to be in a pickle. It means you are in a trouble. So, this is what uh, what I found, and it's this is according to thefreedictionary.com. So, let's hope... Uh, It's a reliable source, and uh, let's hope uh, you can use all these five idioms that have been sent to me by my listeners. I want to hereby thank them for that, and uh, let's hope the listeners, as well as me myself, can start using these idioms in our uh, everyday English conversation. So, that's it. These were the five idioms from my listeners. All right, now let me take a deep breath. <sighs> okay, are you ready for what is coming? I hope you are. This might be a bit ridiculous, slightly far-fetched, but it's genuine. It's a story that I have written for you. It did happen to me, so this is an autobiographical story. It comes from my own life. And this story is full of idiomatic expressions that appeared on the last two episodes of the podcast. Uh, the idea of this was to uh, give you opportunity to uh, see how these idioms are used in context, in some kind of context. So, what I want you to do now is make yourself a cup of tea, make yourself comfortable, and uh, you can put your feet on the table or something, just sit back, uh, relax, and Try to notice all those idioms and see how they are used. This is all I want you to do and basically enjoy the story. It's a true story, believe it or not. Well, if you don't believe in the supernatural, then probably you won't believe it. But on the other hand, if you are a regular and loyal listener to the podcast, you know I'm an honest person. So let's hope uh, you can enjoy this. About three years ago, I was about to take my final exam at a university. It is commonly known as a state exam, and it's the very last step to becoming a fully qualified teacher. As the days of the judgment day were drawing closer, I started feeling a bit nervous. I wasn't just nervous. My feelings were mixed, ambivalent. There was excitement as well. I was looking forward to the exam in a way. Back at the secondary school, I had been a lazy, below-par student. But at the university, I experienced something that you might call a U-turn. I started doing really well, getting excellent results, A's, and more importantly, it went so smoothly that I didn't have to resit any exams. I even experienced something I had never experienced before, to be a teacher's pet. I mean it in a good way. So, a few days before the exam, while all my friends from the same year felt stressed, I was kind of nervous and excited at the same time. I really had ants in my pants. I couldn't sit. I moved around my room, revising what I had learned, 
trying to concentrate. There were some sleepless nights, because every time I tried to hit the hay, I was unable to fall asleep, or I just managed to doze off and then woke up with a lot of thoughts about my upcoming exam. I thought I was actually revising in my dreams, which was a good thing, I guess. That's why it didn't come to me as a surprise that the last night before the exam I wasn't able to fall asleep. As a result, in the morning I was clumsy during the dressing up process. When you take exam like this, it's customary to put on solemn clothes like a suit, trousers, a shirt and you mustn't forget a tie. I am not that into fashion and I don't normally go to balls, so whenever I take these kinds of clothes from a wardrobe, they are pretty dusty. When I was taking those archive clothes out, not only was there significant amount of dust, but I also noticed there was an ant nest in the bottom right corner of the wardrobe. Clearly the sign that the party is beginning, I had to admit to myself unwillingly. I put on my clothes swiftly. Soon I realized that there were literally some ants in my pants, which was pretty nasty. As soon as I noticed it, I shivered instinctively. Brrr. I tried to get them out of my pants. However, it was kind of impossible because they were so small and hard to spot, especially in the state I was in. Then I finally stopped trying to do the unfeasible and accepted the fact that some ants just belong to pants. I looked in the mirror and despite the fact that I had often been self-critical about my appearance, I had to admit that that day I looked really smart regardless of those creatures in my underwear. Let's hope I will be as smart during my exams as I look, I said to myself. And lucky, drawing the right questions from the hat. Anyway, no matter what, I have to use my loaf at all times, I pondered. Losing concentration would simply be deadly for me, so my final death wish was to remain vigilant at any cost. How determined I was, blissfully unaware what I was in for. And then came the time to leave my house, the sanctuary which had served me well for the past couple of weeks, and face further, less pleasant adventures. I locked my gate and jumped on my bike. I must have been the first dressed up guy using a bicycle as a transport on his final examination day in history. Anyway, at the railway station I routinely padlocked my bike, bought the return ticket from Podjebrady to Pardubice and got on the train. Miraculously, it was on time. It definitely must have been the very first time in history of the Czech railways. I surprised myself. No sooner had I arrived to Pardubice city for my execution, than I managed to use my loaf. Are you asking how? Well, then it is my duty to tell you, isn't it? I entered the university building and used the lift to get to the 13th floor. That's where the exams were taking place. I would have normally gone for the staircase instead, but I thought it was a good idea not to pour sweat more than I already was. You see, I could never walk up the stairs. I had always run them. The lift door opened and I joined my friends who were scheduled to go in before me. Well, I had butterflies in my stomach sitting there in the corridor before the examination room, I have to admit. And looking at even more stressed faces of my friends didn't really help. Luckily for me, I suddenly had this brilliant idea on the spur of the moment. I opened my bag and took out a loaf of bread which I had bought before uh, the exam in a little baker's at the railway station. I started eating, which made some of my friends go to the toilet actually. Not to do number one or two, but rather number three or possibly even four and five. Apparently looking at me so chilled right before the exam Eating a loaf of bread made them feel sick. I soon realized that using my loaf so early maybe wasn't the best idea and with those butterflies in my stomach, well, to put it simple, I was thirsty, absolutely parched. I don't know why, but I forgot to take something to drink. Silly me. 
Therefore, only one option was remaining. The water from the toilet. So I followed my friend's footsteps to the toilet. I went to men's, though, because virtually all the students from the same year were women. I bent my head over the tap and gulped some tasty tap water. It was tap water. You didn't think I would actually drink the toilet water from the toilet, did you? I wiped my mouth and went back to the corridor. I was all geared up pretty much. And then came my time. I survived and even passed with flying colors. I felt a huge relief and so did the butterflies in my stomach. I could feel them inside flapping their wings merrily. They couldn't fly out for some reason. From zero to hero, I felt like winning a gold medal at Olympic Games. Amazingly, after all those years of hard work, I graduated. Who would have said it back then at the secondary school? The worm has turned, I said aloud and made a victorious gesture with my hand. Talking of worms, something unprecedented took place. Soon after, one butterfly miraculously made it out of my stomach. Don't ask me how. It is a mystery to me. It circled round the corridor and sat on a bench next to where I was sitting. And what's more, it actually laid one huge egg. I don't know if it was a delusion, but the egg looked bigger than the butterfly itself. I couldn't help my curiosity and touched it. To my utter disbelief, it immediately hatched. A giant worm broke the shell mightily, got out and started crawling towards a girl waiting for her exam. This girl had been stressed whole morning, white as a sheet. The sight of the worm, however, made her even paler. She screamed and passed out. I tried to help, but it was too late. The worm bit her. Since when do worms bite? That's ridiculous, I thought. My speculating was overshadowed by what followed. If you find it hard watching horror movies, you should stop listening to the podcast now. The girl screamed and started having some kind of a seizure. I had never seen something like that before. First, she started shaking and it looked like she was choking. And then, within a couple of seconds, her eyes changed their color completely. They became red, as if the blood got there or something. Her lips moved and it looked like she was about to say something, but she just made a terrifying snarl. (sighs) Not like a dog does. It sounded more like I couldn't work out what exactly, but I knew it from somewhere and then I figured it out. A zombie. It turned out that the worm was carrying a zombie virus. I couldn't believe it. It was such a shock. Instead of saving my own ass, I just sat there thinking, how on earth can someone be so unlucky to study for five years and finally get to the final exam and when it comes to the crunch, few minutes before it become a zombie? I should have really been thinking about saving my life instead, but since I was so emotionally exhausted, I was unable to use my brain because it had already been used up before. Before I came to senses, the classmate zombie was already pulling my leg. I twitched and tried to get out of her grip. She was so strong and it used to be such a fragile girl. She had been crying before the exam, but now she had a slightly different emotion in her. Bloodlust. I managed to get out of her grip somehow and contemplated my easiest escape route. Everyone else who had been sitting in the corridor before had been gone already. I took the closest door out 
dashed down the stairs and left the 13-story university building. Those hours in the gym and all that jogging did definitely pay off in that moment. It saved my life that day. I managed to escape the girl zombie. No, listeners, I'm not pulling your leg. I wouldn't tease you in Zdenek's English podcast. Or if I did, I wouldn't certainly do it to such a degree, especially when talking about how I got the degree. I know you might be thinking, Zdenek, don't pull wool over our eyes, but I'm not. All of this did really happen, or so I thought it did. After recovering from the shock of what had happened, I thought I would call the police, or better, Torchwood. But on second thought, I realized that it had just been a nightmare dream. Oh, oh God, I will probably have to pass this bloody exam again, I said to myself. No, don't be ridiculous, Zdeniak. You must have fainted right after passing the exam, then you fell asleep and imagined all those horrible things, I reasoned. I began walking towards the university campus. As I was going closer to the halls, suddenly I started hearing some music. And because I was curious, I decided to check out where it was coming from. It was a concert for graduates, which is annually held by the Hall of Residence building. Well, I felt like having a bit of relax after all those strange dreams I had. So I lay down in the grass, enjoying the brass music concert. Normally, I hate brass music, but that day I didn't mind. I grabbed a beer and had a sip. The music was reasonably loud, a balsam to my soul and ears. There were a lot of students around, most of them having fun, dancing, chatting, laughing and playing frisbee. There were some teachers I knew too. One of them, a native speaker from Australia, sat next to me and we started talking. I used to attend all his lectures and I told him that I was going to miss his classes. We had a great chat, not just about my studies and university time, but about life in general. I told him about the zombie dream I had had. He almost laughed his Aussie head off and afterwards praised my vivid imagination. That made me feel proud, of course, because I had always respected him and his lessons. I also mentioned that I quite liked the music which was playing, but he reacted that the musicians were totally out of tune and I must have Van Gogh's ear for music. I didn't know that idiom at the time, so my initial reaction was that I panicked and touched my both ears at once. To my relief, I found them in their usual place. Good. The zombies didn't touch them. What zombies? I produced a smile. It had just been a very wild dream. I really must be cracking up, I thought. In didactics, they had told us that the profession of teacher is more susceptible to becoming mentally ill, uh, but they hadn't said it would happen so soon. It was just a post-exam stress condition or something of that kind I deduced. As I was lying there comfortably, my eyes started closing. I was really exhausted, absolutely knackered, but happy. The music was making me sleepy, quite effectively actually. The last image I remember before I dozed off was a fat lady, young but really huge, 200 kilograms or so. I couldn't tell exactly. She was sitting next to the musicians on a giant throne-like chair. I can't stress enough how unimaginably fat she was, so huge. I bet she hadn't been to the gym for quite a while, I cringed. During my literature exam, I had had to explain some literary techniques such as foreshadowing. I couldn't help thinking that this fat lady had some deeper meaning, but I wasn't able to quite work out what it was about. And then a slumber took control of me.
this is an interlude, a pause. Is everybody okay? So are you ready for uh, the great finale? I hope you haven't passed out, let alone passed away and become zombies. So, ready? Steady? Go! I can't have been sleeping long before a terrifying wave of scream mixed up with peculiar snarling woke me up. I came to senses and looked around. What I saw was utter horror. As I rose up from the ground, I spilled my beer. Oh no, another bad omen, I thought. Spilled beer. Am I becoming superstitious now or what? I asked myself. No time for that. The dreadful display around me didn't really offer much space for philosophical thinking, even for a fresh graduate from a philosophical faculty. The zombies were everywhere, attacking students and teachers alike. A shadow of horror had been tormenting the party venue. Patches of blood puddles were well contributing to the gruesome atmosphere. And the music had stopped, I realized. Why? Well, because musicians were being eaten alive. Only a fat lady was sitting there with a kind of serene look on her face. For some reason, the zombies hadn't touched her. Maybe they are saving her as the last bite, I said to myself. The icing on the cake. Cowering in a shade, I didn't really know where to run. Panic seized me. There was nowhere to run. I was surrounded by bloodthirsty zombies from all sides. The only two possible exit routes were being blocked by those creatures. Stay calm and support Arsenal, I repeated to myself soothingly. If I were religious, I would have started praying at that point. But I had my own prayer. I softly started singing Arsenal chants. My voice was sort of breaking though. What can I say? I was scared shitless. I couldn't really sing. It was rather wheezing. Luckily for me, the zombies didn't take notice of me. Until I sang, stand up if you hate Tottenham. 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 Stand up. If you had Tottenham... It was my literature professor. He was wearing a Spurs jersey. Enraged, fast as hell, he was darting towards me. I remember vividly our literature lectures. As you know, Gunners and Spurs are arch rivals. And me and my professor, we used to tease each other about football. Now he was a ferocious zombie clearly targeting me because of my club affiliation. I didn't know what to do. I was surrounded and chased by a mad professor in a Tottenham t-shirt. I was losing hope, but my Arsenal songs kept me determined, not giving up. I said to myself, and it's Arsenal, Arsenal FC, we by far the greatest team. The world has ever seen, and it's Arsenal, Arsenal FC, we by far the greatest team the world has ever seen. Basically my only option was an old tree in the middle of the campus, not far from where I was. And because desperate situations require desperate measures, I sprinted to it in UCN bolt speed and climbed up in Spider-Man fashion. It was a narrow escape. The Tottenham supporter literature teacher zombie failed to eat me. Partly because he wasn't of the youngest age, on top of that, a bit plump. I didn't know I was capable of being so fast, agile and strong. Fear can be a really powerful motivator. Thank God, zombies can't climb. He was snarling angrily below the tree. 
If I had made a mistake and fallen down then, I would have become a nice dinner for him, no doubt about that. My heart had never beaten faster. Nonetheless, I was safe for a moment. Until I starved to death here, I sighed. I looked down and beheld a ghastly display. Bodies of teachers and students lying everywhere. Zombies feasting on them, hunting those who were still alive. I watched the terrible images with my eyes wide open. That was the only thing I could do. The teacher zombie who had been chasing me earlier got tired and went after someone else. In front of the stage I witnessed a spectacle which would later regularly come back to me in dreams as a nightmare. One of the most feared professors, a female psychology teacher, was huddled there clearly injured and unable to move. She was praying to God for mercy as three of my schoolmates who I remembered had previously been unjustly failed by her, were now steadily approaching the Hellcat. The Hellcat, that's how we used to call her. I averted my eyes not to see the bloodshed. The screams were enough to work out what continued. After that, something huge whistled past my head. I staggered, but managed to hold on to the tree bow. To my disbelief, two zombies were attempting to throw beer bottles at me. They were actually the dean and the chancellor. The two blokes were in charge of the university. Oh my god! And they were throwing beer at me as zombies. I couldn't believe my eyes. How on earth are zombies capable of such a move? Since when are zombies so smart? And then I figured it out. It must be because they are academics. Even as zombies, they kept some of their wisdom and knowledge. Incredibly enough, they went even further. The two zombies grabbed a pig which had been roasted there before and with an immense power hurled it towards where I was clinging. I managed to dodge it, skillfully though. The pigs are literally flying now, I thought, little amused. And those university bosses who had always seemed rather unapproachable and wishy-washy were finally showing their true colors. They realized they couldn't get me, got tired and went after someone else. Few seconds after, something miraculous happened. From the middle of nowhere, a small futuristic sphere appeared and landed underneath my tree. It shone brightly and its colors actually more than clearly resembled the British national flag. Apparently, the whole... Uh, thing, or whatever it was, was protected by some magical power because at first sight the zombies didn't dare to go near it. It was sort of hovering several centimeters above the ground in an impressive way. An elegant man in his mid-thirties stepped out of the spherical machine and scanned me with his troubled looking eyes. He appeared to be quite friendly. Well, Anyone or anything would be friendly in that situation, I thought. It's fair to say that my situation was beyond desperate. Hello, I said. For some reason I presumed that he would speak English. And he did. I remember every single word he said as if it was today. Hello, Hello I'm, I'm British, British and I've, I've come, come from, from the, the future. future. Don't, Don't freak, freak out, out. I've, I've come, come to, to help, help you. you. By, By the, the way, way, my, my name, name is Luke, Luke and I have I a have message, message for you, Stenet. You are going to die today, fighting zombies. But don't worry, this is not the end. I can't tell you more now, because it would break the space-time continuum. I've got to dash off now. Here, take this. Use it well. Bye, 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 bye. He handed me a large, cool-looking microphone with a USB cable. There was a clearly visible sticker on the device that said Luke's English Podcast or something of this sort. Within a few seconds, the man entered the sphere and vanished into the space. I wanted to say something in response, but I was in a state of shock that all I basically managed was to produce a squeak. I must have had speaking anxiety. I tried to call that British guy, but to no avail. I knew I was flogging a dead horse. I cursed. Bloody hell! 
my voice ridiculously raucous. What happened to me? Why do I sound so hoarse? I asked myself, puzzled. And then, in the blink of an eye, exactly where the sphere had disappeared from, stood a horse, a real horse. As soon as the zombies caught sight of it, they went berserk and started shuffling back towards me and the horse with rage in their dead eyes. The horse neighed. It was probably some kind of instinct that told me what to do. I leaped from the tree and managed to pounce upon the horse back. Honestly, I had never ridden a horse before. I had only seen it in the Lord of the Rings movie. But this horse was intelligent, as if it knew I was an inexperienced rider. Zombies were everywhere. A chill ran down my spine. Now I will have to get past all those students and teachers somehow, I knew. But how? How, for God's sake? The horse looked fearless. It just stood there and I didn't know any commands to make it move. It was gradually making me feel more and more uneasy, as some zombies were approaching fast. Right when a zombie was about to get us, I got a brilliant idea. I decided to use the microphone as a whip. So I held one end, the USB plug, and lashed the horse with the device. It was my only option anyway. He wouldn't have moved otherwise. I flogged the horse with the mic in a jockey-like fashion and cried, Go! What a sight it must have been. Despite my effort, the zombie succeeded to bite the horse in its hind leg. <coughs> But the horse sprang anyway and in a split second leaped over the zombies. It was somewhat a spectacular move. It didn't take long before the horse took me into safety behind the university campus. My rescuer was bleeding, and I wondered how long it would take before it turns to. Since I didn't want to flog a dead horse, I dismounted and bade him farewell. He saved my life then. I was sure he would go into animal heaven. I wanted to call the police or someone to help me, but all I had was the microphone. Although it is called a microphone, it honestly couldn't produce a single phone call. Later on, something strange came about. The fat lady, the one which I was sure would never be able to move and would be eaten by zombies, emerged from behind the corner of the university canteen, looking even fatter than before. I saw what you did. He saved your life and you let him die and turn zombie. What could I have done? I replied indignantly. You could have killed it and end its misery. How? I don't have a weapon, do I? And you can't kill a horse with a mic, can you? Well, you could have... And I interrupted her this time. What? Stop it. I couldn't do anything. You are flogging a dead horse. It would die no matter what. Her response was something I didn't really expect. She seized my microphone, put it to her big corpulent mouth and started singing. A mighty voice she had, I had to admit. All her weight virtually resonated throughout the university campus. The shrieks of all the zombies mixed up with her vociferous singing. It was apparent that they were in agonizing pain. And then I remembered. When the fat lady comes, it's all over. The singing was so unbearably loud that I covered my ears with hands immediately. But it was pointless. I did hear it louder and louder. I was unable to take it anymore. I fell to ground and into a coma. The last thing I remember was the image of the university building where I had spent five years studying English language. Apparently, I was dead. No, 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 no sleep.
that's it listeners that's the end well I'm still talking to you so no need to freak out I'm here I'm alive this is what happened three years ago okay what do you think about that it's, it's, it's what happened to me when I was graduating from university back then I died listeners I really did believe it or not okay maybe you don't believe it but uh, I can assure you that this is true frankly I'm being honest with you trust me anyway I hope some of you will find this ridiculous story interesting I didn't tell you the whole story of course this was just the beginning can you guess what happened next if so you can write me a message or a comment I'll be more than happy if you do it uh, of course I want this podcast to be interactive so any sort of comments or uh, feedback or likes uh, I mean thumbs up pressing the like button or even sending me a message via Facebook or an email uh, I will be really really happy if this happens it does happen sometimes but uh, I'm not against uh, if it happens a bit more so I hope this kind of trilogy of episodes which were dedicated to funny idioms were wrapped up properly with this story and uh, I hope I didn't scare you too much and you will be able to fall asleep now well hopefully you're listening to it in the morning then there would be no need to fall asleep and uh, you would probably have some time to uh, pull yourself together okay listeners that's it from me for today uh, and until next time bye